Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cannibal Corpse will unleash chaos horrific worldwide on September 22nd. Since 1988, Cannibal Corpse have been at the forefront of death metal, shaping and defining the genre, creating a seminal, incomparable body of work over the following decades. In 2021, they raised the stakes again with their 15th album, Violence Unimagined. Growing ever more complex and intense, and in 2023, they return with its successor, the equally monstrous Chaos Horrific, starting a new chapter in their legacy. Written shortly after the conclusion of the Violence Unimagined Sessions, echoes of that album exist in Chaos Horrific, but this is a whole new beast of its own. Listen now and watch videos at metalblade.com slash cannibal. Corpse. Also, Harm's Way return with common suffering out September 29th. This is nothing less than a full armored and mechanized instrument of war ready to detonate listeners with their incredibly memorable riffs, breakdowns, and impeccable songwriting with subtle melody and point counterpoint. The title, Common Suffering, is a clear nod to the collective experiences of the past three years of chaos, misanthropy, paranoia, disorder, confusion, and anxiety, with the band exploring themes ranging from personal struggles with mental health, relationships, political upheaval, corruption, and political power. Listen and watch videos now at MetalBlade.com slash Harm's Way. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Speich, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. What is going on? All our wonderful, wonderful friends out there. It is I, your host, Petter Speich. I'm always joined by... The wonderful Brandon Hahn. You can follow me on Instagram and uh, X, as I have a hard time remembering now. You can follow me on X while it's still free at your buddy Gooch. Oh, they're gonna start charging people. I don't know. I don't. I don't follow That's this what, stuff. That's what you heard. That's what Elon Musk. He, he said. He said something about charging people to keep the bots at bay or something. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> anyways, make sure to follow the other two co-hosts, guys. Let's start with Jocelyn Sharp. That's J O Z A L Y on Sharp on Facebook X Threads Instagram, and she is on TikTok at the Wizard of Jaws J O Z, and of course Sylvia Alvarado. You guys, you can follow her on X. Uh, threads and Instagram at it's the Sylvia. If you guys want to follow me, I am at the handles of our archive podcast. That, that podcast is Rise to Offend. You can follow me at, at Rise to Offend on X, uh, Facebook, and Rise to Offend official on Instagram. Make sure to follow Metal Sucks on every social media platform so you guys don't 
not get the news ASAP and the stories that they throw out. This week, back on the show, love to celebrate, love to chat. Scotty and Lewis, Carnifex. We're here to celebrate their latest record, Necromantium. It's coming out October 6th. Guys, pre-order it. It's going to be awesome. Make sure you guys are checking that out. But before my interview with Scott from Carnifex, me and Brandon here, we're going to talk a little bit about the drama this week at the Metal Sucks News. All right. There, you know, usually there's jokes, and this is kind of a weird one for us. There's drama, dude. <laughs> this is like, I mean, and it unfolded quick. Is that where the best jokes come from? I mean, yeah, like, I think it does. Drama, as, long as, as long as I'm not involved in it, it's always hilarious. And so I usually get caught in this situation, and people email me. And I already got emails about this before I even read the stories fully. That was the shitty thing. Like yesterday, I'm like, what? What's going right. on with Die, Die Hard is Murder? Yeah. I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, So I'm like, I didn't respond to anything, obviously. But the point is, is let's just break it down. Die Hard is Murder had a, a record come out recently, Godlike. Okay, If you pre-ordered it and you're a fan and you're getting a physical copy, you're going to get CJ or Chris McMahon singing on it, right? So if you're a physical copy guy like myself... Hey, that's the guy that I got on a record. That's what's singing. That's the way it is. That's the guy we know. The guy that's been in the band forever. If you did not, yeah. well, he was fired. The release date was pushed back a week without, I think, anybody really knowing. And on the digital streaming version, it sounds like you have a new vocalist singing, and he will be on the tour, but that vocalist has not been named. So in essence, they re-recorded the vocals on the new record, Godlike, and if you have a physical copy... You got the original singer that was kicked out of the band. If you got the streaming version or, or digital, it sounds like you got someone else. That right there alone is drama to me. Let me let, so let's start with oh, that dude, drama because then we're going to get well, to the but, other drama. Okay, go ahead, Brandon. Well, first off, I just want to know who the, the, the mystery singer is. You know what I mean? I have my guess. Uh, Tupac. Oh, uh, <laughs> <than> that, yes. <laughs> He's still alive. He came I mean, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came back, exactly. You know, come on. We all know that. Him and Elvis are hanging out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're living in. They're living in the wash out here in Las Vegas, guys. But I, love, I just love how Chris was probably. You know, he got the hard copy. And he's like, "This sounds pretty good, guys. All right, we're going places." And all of a sudden, nope. You know what I mean? It's so it's so shitty, man. Because that guy probably put in so much work just trying to, uh, you know do his part and then all of a sudden it's like none of it was good enough and if it's and again this is why i hate streaming it's like there should always be just one copy of the album but this is what's so deceiving it's like i don't know if this has happened before i i mean i've never heard of a different version of a vocalist on a streaming I, versus I've the physical copy happening. so but what i have but what i have heard is like artists you know like let's just say um you know cancel culture gets involved and then oh, we're going to get there. That's, that's right around the corner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. so but it's, oh, it's always involved. But like cancer culture gets involved and then they'll have, uh, you know, they'll go back and re-record the lyrics for the digital version. Oh, you know, like it's like it's like that's what that's the one thing about that's the one thing about the hard version that you got to understand. It's like there is there is evidence. There is real history. That will always stay the same when you get the hard when you get the the the, uh, the hard copy. You know what I mean. But when you get the digital version, dude, they can go back and change it any time they want. Yeah, I like that you're promoting like, physical copies. I like that. Well, I, I 
Uh, well, that, my point is, though, is, dude, we've already seen it. It's like, that's one thing I don't like. It's like, you artists, like, if you're going to go out there and, and point the finger at someone, well, dude, there's going to be some, uh, there's going to be some lyrics that, that you wrote that represent the time that you wrote those lyrics in. And it's like, and this, and this, and now with these digital copies, you could be like, no, 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 I've always been this person, guys. It's right here. When did I say that awful thing about insert group? You know, like people can do that. They can change it. Oh, it, it's happened. I know when Guns N' Roses did their, you know, appetite destroy. There, it's happened. I, I get it. I get your point. So now, before we, you know, I, I just want to stop us there for a second because I, I know people are waiting for us to pick a side. It's always that. What side are you on, guys? And we're not there. We're not picking sides. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll discuss that later. But my point is, is that um, every time this happens with the band, guys, listeners out there, every single time. I see both sides of the equation and it's like someone always did something wrong on both sides. So right. the, the dudes in Die Art or Murder, before we get to the, the reason that, you know, Chris McMahon is not in the band anymore and you know, all that stuff. This is where they fucked up in my opinion. Okay. Um, they, they released the album as we just mentioned, physical copy. You got Chris on it. Uh, digital streaming copy you've got another vocalist on it without letting the fans know and letting the fans decide in essence now to defend them if you did pre-order the record and you bought a physical copy okay your expectation was that you're going to get chris mcmahon singing on the record because that's the vocalist of the band and you got it right so that's fair if you were one of those people that pre-ordered and, and didn't know any of the drama right and you're like all right so we got what we expected right but a lot of the listeners out there that are huge fans of the band I feel like, you know, they got ripped off. Yeah, yeah. I feel I feel like I have to make That's the decision if I thought. if I want to listen to which version I want to listen to. I guess. I, I yeah, guess I'm gonna go. Or, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna order a box of forks off Amazon, and then it shows up, and it's like, oh, lube. Like what the like you know? What I mean? <laughs> it's just stupid. <laughs> That's not what I ordered. You know, this isn't what I wanted. It reminds me of Sebastian Maniscalco joke about going to Marshalls and buying underwear, and there was forks in there. It's just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. sorry, you just took me back to an old old joke we saw one time. Uh, I think we saw him live. That's the joke he told. And I'm like, this guy's that was good. years ago that you guys years. Saw him live. Ago. I remember you telling him about that. That uh, was when you were, he was opening up for Dice. And yeah, that was before he was actually like Sebastian. It was huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, it was a good time. Anyway, sorry, got segued off. So. So that part's very confusing, I think, for the fan base. Um, but I also see and disrespectful and disrespectful to the fan base, dude. Uh, I... It's like that band. That it's it's not just the it's not just the lead singer that they're disrespecting. It's disrespecting the fan base as well. And to like, go... start a new band. Yeah, to go to the last band I can think of that released an album with the lead singer quitting the band before the album was released. The one I can think of is Fear Factory, and we all knew. Burton was out of the band before, you know, the record came out. Um, he was vocal of like, hey, they used like one takes, demo takes or whatever. He was vocal kind of like saying, hey, I'm not buying into this record. And Dina was like, yeah, this is what we use. This is our situation. And you kind of saw both sides of the equation. But we knew going in if we were going to buy a physical cost right. to the record. Kind of the history of like Ugh, the, the, the ickiness now. Um, so that's that. Like I said, it's hard to handle any which way about this. But... The reveal was after the release, and I do feel like... So I'm going to say the band didn't handle that properly because they pushed the release out one week. Honestly, dude, like if you guys don't want him on the record, 
I don't know what I don't know if I'm supposed to be listening to the record as a fan right now because it's like what side am I on? Do I listen to the physical copy because that's me? Even though you know, obviously, I'm not okay with how honestly Chris McMahon's been handling his business in the, in the public. Or am I supposed to go listen to the new singer? So it's just one of those records where it's like, I'm just going to step away from this fucking album, okay? And, and not really pay attention to it. <laughs> like, there's enough music where I don't, need, right. I don't need to pay attention to this record right now, God like, right? So my point is, so that's where the band kind of, and it didn't work out right. So now we get to the drama involving Chris McMahon. CJ, whatever. Uh, I always knew him as CJ, but it's it says Chris everywhere now, so maybe he dropped that J part. Um... So, let's go back to the, man, original part for people that don't know the story. So, during the press, I remember, and just because I'm on the side, it's like, you know, people reach out, hey, we got interviews and stuff like that, and you're like, hey, you want to interview that as murder? Obviously, that's in our wheelhouse. And all of a sudden, that stopped, right? After Chris McMahon sent out a Instagram a Instagram post sent in a far route viewpoint of a video where I believe a mother and I didn't see the video so if I'm off please don't burn me guys ask the baby are you a boy or are you a girl and the the baby or toddler not sure it said both and then his response about the woman should be burned to death in the video and so obviously uh, a little harsh yeah a little. <laughs> You know, but Just a little bit. Keep, yeah. in, keep in mind, burning things is kind of he's a he's a good statement Dude, when he says ever... things like this. But because his other statement that oh. he, he said, he also uses the same phrase almost kind of. But anyways, continue. Just imagine if you burn yourself. Just for those of you that don't know how. Just imagine getting yourself a little burn. You're like, ow. Just imagine that all over your body. And that's what this guy said. He wanted this lady to feel. It's just you can't. You can't say shit like that, bro. Now, even if it's a jest, it's, even if it's a jest, especially if it's text message or whatever, it's like they're not going to be able to read the sarcasm. No. And I don't even see the sarcasm in something like that. I'm going to combat that. You can say shit like that because free speech matters. But you right, do, you're right, you you're do, right. and 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 I want you to say shit like that if that's how you are. So I just just so everybody knows. Um, but. You better defend yourself because, yes, it's an asinine thing to say on that level of some mother saying it's it's just absolutely like, bro, bro, what the fuck is wrong with you? Nobody needs to die over, right. <laughs> over this, especially not like a vicious goddamn 80s action hero. Uh, like that's how 80s action villains died at the end of the movie, bro. They burned him to death. It was like, look, we're going to build this shit up and we're going to burn that motherfucker at the end <laughs> or throw him off a building. Like, right. Calm the fuck down. So that was asinine. Now, the band put out a statement saying, hey, we don't agree with that. You know, we understand the backlash. And then he came out and put a video apologizing. So forgot about it. Didn't really matter. All right. All right. Uh, Like I said, you you guys can read those things if you want to go back in the drama. If you accept those apologies, that's cool. We all have the right to accept apologies or say, nah, I'm moving on from you, dude. I'm not fucking with this. Right. Your call. I'll be honest with you. I accepted both apologies. I moved on. Didn't think twice about it. I'm like, all right, dude. This dude obviously, you know, he's got right, sort yeah. of drunk. And that's, and that's one thing. Drunk and Instagram thing. bullshit. And I'm like, whatever. He right. says sorry. He's he's respecting the trans community. I moved on. I didn't think twice about it. Moved on. That's just me, right? So, well, that's my thing. It's yeah. like you can't sit there and live in the past, especially when you live in this world where it's like, you know, try and understand where someone's coming from and empathy, empathy, empathy. But all of a sudden, you don't have empathy when you agree. When, 
when you disagree with their original take, it's like, well, he apologized. For, well, no, he needs to burn. It's just like, dude, you know, you you gotta you gotta move on. But if, if somebody says something dumb and then they apologize for it afterwards, you're like, all right, well, I'm either a fan of the music or I'm not. But understand that these are flawed people. But keep in mind. You know? My, I moved on because I'm not really real, and I'm just being straight up. I'm not really invested in this band. It's not a band that I'm this diehard fan of. It's kind of like whatever, you know. If I hear a, a Thy Art Murder song, I'm like, all right, this is fucking, this is cool. I, you know, I'm, but I'm not, I'm not a huge fan. I don't really, really invest in this band. I'm just being honest. I own physical copy wise, I own zero records of theirs. All right, so I'm not a big fan, right? So I it moved on, right? But I also don't want to keep burning the guy at the stake after he apologized, and you know. So I, I'm done. Whatever. So don't care. Uh, moving on with my life doesn't doesn't matter. So now he found out through social media. The band did not notify him of everything we said earlier, um, and now people are coming to defend him and say, "Oh, that's See? fucked up. They did this to CJ." Who's coming to defend him? Ronnie Rand. All right. Yeah, Ron, Ron, oh, yeah, Ronnie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh man. Yeah. Oh, again. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying far right, but like Ronnie Radke. This is bullshit. He shouldn't have got kicked out of a band. Okay, that's fine. Um, you know, a dude from Slaughter from Prevail. Alex, terrible. He he's uh also defending him. Uh, and then Tommy vexed. Right. So controversial yeah. figures in their own right when it comes to the trans conversations because they've all said things that are like you know kind of pointless and negative in a way to be like hey this is my free speech fair it's your free speech go right ahead you know you guys can say right. what you want like if I you said. want to make that if you want to make that into your brand then make it into your brand Boom. just understand there's going to be complications yeah yeah and again just so everybody knows where i stand I'm not a fan of any of those bands you know i'm just or I'm, i don't want to say i'm not a fan you know i've never done the slaughter to prevail rabbit hole thing and really got into them but like obviously uh, the branding doesn't look like it's appealing to me i Tommy Vex, that you know, not a fan of his stuff, and Falling to Reverse fucking sucks. Come on, everybody. So yes, we're not a fan of Falling to Reverse. They're awful. So, <laughs> uh, you know, they're popular. I know, but stop it. Like they're they're. I don't know. If you're a fan, go ahead. Write me and, uh, dude. I don't want. I don't want. I don't want Reddy Radke's. I'm neutral on it. Yeah. Don't attack. Don't don't attack me. But no, this is my opinion. I think they they're. Yeah. I don't think they're any good. So, you know, but the point is, okay, so those guys came out and said this is bullshit. Now, you have the line in the sand for the dieters murder. What side do you want to go on? I always, when shit like this happens, and it, Brandon, you can tell me what you feel. I feel the band suggest, like, stop. Like, it's it's a wrap, and, like, split it up. We said this, and I think we might have been wrong about Bad Wolves when they broke. I was like, dude, let's just, you, you got to get this Tommy Vexed aura away from you fucking guys. He's always going to have this thing over you, you know, just, and the band's new. Just walk away and start a new band. And yada. Now, obviously, Dieter's Murder is not the same situation as Bad Wolves. Bad Wolves, at the time, I think, had two records, and, you know, the drama was just negative all around. Um, and they did move on and successfully, so we were wrong. But I was like, oh, fuck it, guys, just start a new band, call it something else, you know. Um, you know, and, and, and in fairness, when shit like this happened with Light the Torch with Howard Jones and company, there was a situation with the drummer back in the day. He moved on, changed the name of his, 
uh, I'm sorry, The Devil You Know was the band prior. He changed the name of the project to Light the Torch, and it worked out perfectly. And then the drama of that Devil You Know shit was gone. So that's the, the way that I see things. Like, dude, if one member is just completely this cloud of stupidity and you guys got to deal with all this bullshit, like, just move on, start a new brand, and, and, and put out good music like the Torch did. It worked out, um, you know, because at this point, you know, Chris McMahon, he's going to have that follower base. And uh, right. that, that is murder is going to be climbing its way upward. You know, with whoever the new lead singer is. So, my take is that, like, you know, what? Just, just move on, rebrand. You guys, you guys have been in the game for a long time. Play those songs for fans that you guys are fans of. The, the you know, the, the hits. You know, be your one version and let the other dude be another version and step away. But like, as far as keeping it going at this point, I don't know. What's your thoughts, dude? And we'll move on to the interview because I know all this drama is annoying and, and uh, <laughs> I know people don't like it. And it, honestly, I, so I guess, taking a side, I'll, I will I will tell the side that I'm on afterwards. Go ahead. This is, this is how I see it. I, I think in this world, especially, uh, especially when we're so politically divided and especially when really, you know, if you're not in the middle of some of these arguments, like you're either going to go extreme or you're not. That's how, that's how you're viewed. You know, like if you if you lean a little left, some people are going to label you as extreme. And if you leave a little right, they're going to label you as extreme. But you got to understand when you come out and you say these comments, especially when you speak on anything politically, anything you could. Joe Biden is clearly old as fuck. You know what I mean? And it's like, but if you say something about that, some people are going to go, oh, wow, you want to suck Trump's dick now? You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what I'm saying. So it's just like we just live in a world of just these hyper reactions. And no, I don't. I mean, I totally agree with them doing the lead singer wrong. I mean, the guy helped lay the foundation of that band. You, you owe him a little bit of respect. That's like breaking up over text. You know what I mean? It's like ending your marriage over text. You're like, you know what? I think I'm going to move on. What? You know, <laughs> it's just and that's how and that's how much of a, a pussy move that was by going out there and recording an album with somebody else and not letting the guy know. Now, if you disagreed with his political stance, just be mad enough to tell him to his face. You know what I mean? Like, you, you have to show him that much respect. So the fact that they disrespect him, the fact that the band disrespected him the way that they did, bolstered his case for something new moving on. You just help this guy now. Because now all these other bands, now all these other outspoken figures that got that who have fan bases because they're so outspoken are going to jump on this guy's bandwagon, and now nobody's going to give a shit about the band because you just showed your true colors. You showed how you handle things, and the second you show you show the fans how you handle things, and you know, what I mean, not having the guy on the album and just and not even telling the fans that we have a new singer, it just they fucked up. I they, to me, they disrespected the fans more than anything. I'm going to have to agree with you on everything, man. I am not a fan of CJ McMahon. I think his viewpoints are sad, stupid. I want him to have his free voice so everybody knows who he is. I'm not going to support the dude moving on in any project. Not a fan of his, but I am on his side in this situation with how the band handled it. I'm with you. I right. Think, I think it was right. I, I think it's, again, like you guys built a fan base, all of you guys. You always got to think of them first, respect them first. And when something as large as a lead singer is leaving the project or whatever the case may be, um, 
for the right like them firing him for everything I see that he absolutely should be fired. Then just fucking do right. it. Like do it. Let right. the fans know and be like, we're moving on. And this is why. And then let him go and have his thing, but be like, this is what we're going to do going forward. This is our last record with him. Release it. Don't do a sneaky version on the side with someone else. And fucking man up. And then do it. And then let people, let let the, the barbs go back and forth. But the way it was presented to us in the world, it, I don't think was respectful to that fan base. So I'm, I'm with you, man. And uh, again, let the guy, he's obviously not a good bandmate. He's obviously got some some viewpoints Problems, and issues you know? and stuff yeah. like that you know but that doesn't define anything bro steven carpenter from the deftones doesn't seem like he's exactly you know perfect minded but the deftones get together and they put out music and i'll never judge steven carpenter but if they're gonna fire him have another guitarist do his parts and then not tell him because he's kind of a little bit off-minded yeah i'm gonna be like well fuck why'd you guys do him so wrong yeah. we're still in the band for 20 years because, <laughs> you know, so. because you're not you're, you're not just disrespecting the band member. You're also disrespecting the, the band's past. Exactly. You know what I mean? When you do something like that. Yeah, and the past the matters. Yeah. You can't live in the past. You can't live in the past, but the past still matters. And it's like, there's a loyalty that we build up with bands that we support. And now you just showed, and then that band just showed everyone that they're not loyal to us. So, uh, very tough to side with... Uh... I guess the villains, that's what I'm saying. It's like that's hey. why that's why I don't like that's why I don't like that's so that's what pisses me off so much about about politics is like there's things in politics that I clearly don't side with, but when you see the reaction that the other side has, you're like, Well now I understand this side a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You understand? It's like these over these overreactions don't help anything. Correct. And the best course of action is that like if someone wronged you, whatever the case may be, right? If they spit in your face something absolutely horrible, anything like that, they spin in your face, if you pull out a gun and shoot them. You're the bad guy. That That's what I mean. You're the bad guy. And it sucks. It's like, oh, the guy that spit in his face was antagonizing. He was doing a da-da-da. But, but you took it to another level and you disrespected it. It's a different game. So always, always level head your shit and be straight up with those people that, even if you hate them, even if they're fucking idiots, you got to be straight up with them, dude. And you have to confront. Life is confrontation to compromise. That's what life is day to day. Confrontation to compromise with those you don't agree with or get along with. If you're not willing to compromise, you will always end up looking like the loser. So with that, that's all I had. Drama. We were a little little energetic because it's like, ah, fuck. You know? But anyways. Well, again, it's just, it's just more the same, dude. It's like, yeah. it's, it's. It's like I don't want to back the wrong guy, but you were wrong here. Like you have to call. I don't. I don't agree with anything that he said, but the band was way more wrong in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Take the confrontation head on, guys. Compromise on how the statement's going to come out and how everything's going to go with the dude. And then trust me, I, I guarantee you, the backlash would have been probably nil. You know, honestly, dude, people would have been like, cared. we saw it coming. Yeah, we saw it. I, I, I saw it coming and I just didn't see it coming this way. So with that. All right. Let's let's jump to a happy, good conversation. Fun time. Great band. You guys need to be supporting Carnifex latest record. Necromantium is coming out October 6th. Let's jump into my chat. Scott Ian Lewis. Everybody, what's going on? Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast on the phone. I have Scott from Carnifex, and we are here to celebrate 
Necromantium. It's coming out October 6th. The latest record, seventh record, man. Uh, tell me, uh, let's start off. Uh, let's start off just about the process. You guys have been on a roll since 2019, releasing every two years. I know we had that crazy break, but us fans didn't lose any music in that time. Tell us about the importance of keeping that train going as far as getting music out to us fans. Um, man, well, I think it's actually been going. Yeah, I guess there was like three years in between World War X and, and Slow Death, but we did the Bury Me and Blasphemy EP. That's right. We, we did like a mountain of tours and stuff. So I feel like we've been doing a record every two years for a while. And actually like way early on, 07 and 08, we did a record back, you know, back-to-back years. So, you know, really I think it's it's one, you know, we, we do love writing. Like, um I love writing, love putting out new records. And I think we're always trying to give something better to the fans, you know? And so each time we write a record, I think as an artist, you can look at it and say, I could have done this better. could have done that better. Uh, maybe this didn't work out the way you, you wanted. And, and so you want to get back and do a better version of it, you know? And, and that kind of drives it. Also, you know, the music industry machine, they always want new releases, you know, to just kind of something to push, something to sell, all that. So it's kind of all those factors thrown in a blender. You got to stay busy. Yeah, absolutely. Do you do a lot of self, uh, I guess, I guess, back reevaluating of records uh, when you uh, look back on it? Do you do a lot of that as an artist? I, I always do, wonder. Yeah. yeah. I think it's important. I, I do, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes I look back at a record and actually, you know, oddly, I, I experienced this recently. I hadn't listened to World War X since we recorded it um, because that recording process kind of got weird. And then the whole touring cycle got blown up by the pandemic. And so I kind of was like, whatever, I got to move on. I can't think about that album. And we really put a lot into that album. Um, and then we didn't even get to tour on it. And so I kind of just said, whatever, that, oh, well, moving on. But then I was listening to it just the other week uh, while I was working out and I was like, okay, I guess this record's not that bad. <laughs> I had kind of just been like, yeah, that whole thing sucks. Let's just move on. Uh, but then, then I was doing it and I actually didn't mind it. So it's kind of, you know, records are living documents. I, I feel like one day you could love it, next day you could hate it, and then you love it again. Yeah, it, it, it's it's very true. I feel like that weighs about art uh, in general. Like sometimes there's movies, man, where it took years for me to figure out, or bands, and then when the day it hits me, I go back and I'm like, how was the problem? You know, it happens all the time. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Little X to me, I remember the music videos. I remember, I believe we did chat on that one too, man. I remember uh, just the whole production value and the guests. I mean, to me, it, it was a, it was a, a really crowning kind of achievement. But then that pause, right? That's what I feel. I feel like it, it that pause that we all didn't see coming. It's it it's part of its legacy, you know, which. Uh, it- yeah, for better or for worse, yeah. right? Um, I mean, it's weird to think all the work we did on that record, and we did one tour on oh, it, which is that doesn't make sense. No. But that's what happened. You know what I mean? But it was just, it, it was cool when we got when we got a Graveside Confessions. I remember I I, I would because I I didn't know if bands were going to put out new albums or like wait it out and then tour that record. You know, like the World War X the situation. Um, yeah. And you guys dropped the the latest one, and that was a. That was a very important record to uh, my stepkid's first concert ever, man. Uh, Thirteen years old. Oh, really? Yeah, he didn't know. That's uh, awesome to hear. 
he didn't know what he was into and he was listening to like uh man i don't know what's what's that band from vegas i'm from vegas the, with the auto tune oh no 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 it, uh, no no not uh not a heavy band he was listening to like uh, uh, uh popular bands man anyways like panic at the disco and shit like that and i'm like you got to come to the metal show you got to come and he's he was okay, scared yeah. he was scared it was House of Blues. I, a lot of people are scared for some reason. I don't know why. It's so funny. I got to tell you because uh, his story is that like I'm like he's like, well, do I get there early? I'm like, we're gonna see every band. It was the uh, the Black Dahlia Murder Show. You guys oh, after the barrier, great tour, Our death. What great a tour. tour! What a tour! Right? Yeah. Uh, and uh, and Rivers of Nile. Sorry, I forgot that band. But uh, I got him there early. Security guards saw he was nervous. They put him right up front in front of the barricade. They let him sit down between the sets, and I'm like, this is our scene, man. You know. And he just, every band, he's like, I want that shirt, I want that shirt. Spent like 400 <laughs> bucks at the merch booth. And that that's record sick. is, because that's the one, you know, he that record's like the one, because that was the first one he got in real time, right? So, right, right. So uh, you never know, like, how tied, I guess, another human being, like, their whole journey into metal goes to a yeah. record, you know? Um, Definitely. I, and and yeah. it's, I mean, not to cut you off, but to that point, uh there's so many people that say they love disease and the poison. Yeah. That's actually my least favorite. <laughs> uh, and they'll just be like, man, that was the one. And then in my head, I'm like, uh, you know, I'm glad you love it, but that one's not that good. <laughs> but yeah, you, you know, it's time and place for a lot of people. It really is, man. It really is. And I, I told him, he, he's like, which one I got into, I got into the train, like until I feel nothing. That was my train stop. Right. So I went back okay. to hell chose me, but I didn't go back back. Cause I, cause I like to start at my train and go forward. That's usually what I do, right. you know? Uh, and, uh, yeah. and so I was, I was going to be like, let me get him that one. But after that, to take it full circle, when I gave him world war X, that's the one that he was just like, whoa, like that was yeah. the one that caught him. And I was just like, you never know, man. You never know. Um, but yeah, fantastic first show. And we've been to so many metal shows. His hair's long now. It all converted. Good job. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> right? it's, That's it's, awesome. You, it's, it's really you guys because you never, you never know. Because like, when you break down the lyrics, sometimes people see the cynical, it's negative, but it's like, it's like real, right? And that's what we fight for in the scene lyrically is something real because it's in the world it doesn't seem to be that much. And for for the younger generation, it's somehow hard to explain that uh, you know our scene is about being genuine. You know, How, what's your take on lyrics sometimes with with the uh, with when you're writing and stuff like that? Well, for me, what I've come to realize is essentially that the records are therapy. You know, and their therapy not only on this side, but for the listener as well. And very similar to therapy, you know, when you go in and you talk to someone, you're not talking about good stuff. You're talking about the things that hurt you, the things that frustrate you, the things that infuriate you, um, the things you want to run from. And probably in that conversation, you're getting mad. Maybe you're crying but you're purging out all these mixed emotion, frustrations, whatever they may be. And ultimately you walk away feeling better. And I think the only way you can really move on from any types of those feelings is by purging them, by getting them out in the open. If you just internalize them. They will eat you alive, you know, literally. And so I think that's what the records are. Like, yes, the records are negative, but that's like saying, don't go to therapy. It's negative. It's like, well, you talk about bad stuff, but for a positive result. And it's the same for the album. It's like, yeah, we cover upsetting to uh, topics, 
but that's so you can move past them and relate to someone else and realize, okay, I'm not the only one. Other people have been here. I can survive this. And here, here's how I can purge it and move on with my life, move on with my day. Uh, so me, to me, that parallel is very strong and the records, their therapy, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I was reading growing up, uh, Henry Rollins, journals, you know, when his books were putting out at 21361, people haven't read them and, uh, publications is, is where that you can get them. But, um, and there would be just these almost stream of conscious anger, man, just all out on mm. the page. Right. And yeah. a big old caps, like he was mad, whatever happened. And you don't know what it was. If a girl broke his heart or if somebody pissed him off, ripped him off, whatever. But just being able to read someone else's words and being like, I do feel that way. It's priceless. It makes you not feel alone in this world. And that's like the main gist of what, you know, helped my identity, you know, and, and identity is one of the hardest things that we have to get. Right. But when you find a scene and you find a music and you understand something ugly is beautiful and things do coexist, it's, uh, it's just priceless, man. And, uh, yeah, just to go back to, to when, when people say that, and I love that not everybody gets it. Are are you a fan of that? Or is it like, I mean, you're in a band, so you're probably like, no, everybody should get this. But like, do you love when Um, people not, you know, it's, it's, there's part of that, you know, preciousness. Yeah. I, you know, for me, I feel like, you know, there's a certain level of insight to realize that you can be look at something, you can look at something that on the surface might seem troubling, but actually has a deeper meaning. And, And that's not just for music, finding deeper meaning in anything I think is reserved for thinkers generally, um, you know, or any type of art, you know, uh, really, if you just take, if you take everything at face value, I don't think you're going to get that much out of life. Um, and you know, there's a fair amount of population that does go their entire existence just looking at the surface. Yeah, no, you're completely right. I am glad not to be a part of that team. (laughs) <laughs> yeah right yeah I, w- I wouldn't imagine it's very exciting <laughs> you know yeah i just feel like 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 when i watch forensic files and that stuff it's like that's that team it's like no you guys couldn't figure out this situation we're killing people for like you know life insurance <laughs> right? like there's better things right, in life yeah, right yeah. risk oh, versus yeah. return i do like true crime stuff too so D- you're a fan <laughs> Let me ask you this. Yeah, I had a, I, like it. Uh, I had a weird conversation, and this is kind of a little bit off topic, but not too much, because you know, obviously, entertainment, movies, film, TV, like you know, streaming is what people do now. I'm I'm one of the last holding out. I still do the DVDs and all that stuff. And and my friends, like straight up, he asked me, he's like, "What do you? What streaming service is your favorite? What's your like? What you know? You know how we we're loyal to band labels back in like the day, and still are today? Like, oh, yeah. Epitaph Records, yeah. I'm running to. He's like, "What's your streaming loyalty? And I'm like, "What? Who's loyal to a streaming?" Yeah service do you have any i'm not uh, talking about no. music no right it's just like you look for <laughs> what you want and you're annoyed right that's what <laughs> yeah they're just they're just faceless t- tyrannical conglomerates like Thank they, you. they don't give a shit about anything <laughs> <You know? laughs> i want to see someone with a max tattoo on their arm dude <laughs> like, or like netflix right oh. on their chest and i'll be like dude so, you know someone probably has it you know yeah but. Yeah, I saw I saw some energy drink tattoos back in the day. I'm not talking shit world. That's true. That's yeah, right. I just remember being like, is Rockstar paying you <laughs> like for that tattoo, or is that just part of your life? But that, that was always a uh, not saying anything negative about Rockstar, everybody. I'm just saying like, it, part of me feels like you know, if if you're gonna go corporate, you gotta you gotta do a hard way. But no, so you don't have any loyalty to any streaming thing. Does it annoy you? 
have um, an- does it annoy you? Well, I do have some friends that are in the film and television industry that have worked with all of them, mm-hmm. and they will say that the HBO people are the most, uh, I guess, open to actually working with the artists. Oh, that's good. And whereas others are not at all. Actually, Netflix is kind of a culprit of that. You know, they specifically structure their contracts to where you you as a, the creator, you, you get cut off when the show starts to get popular. And you may even wonder why uh, a lot of shows end after the second season. It's because the way they structure their contract is they'll do it for two seasons. Really, one season and the second season's the option. And then the contract ends. So if you want to do a third season as a creator, you have to go in and renegotiate. And the reason a lot of these shows aren't continuing on is because when you go in to renegotiate, they don't want to improve the terms, so the creator just walks, and that's why they end. It's not like, take Seinfeld, for example, where they're like, the this show's doing great. How do we keep it going? Mm-hmm. That's not their approach. Their approach is, how do we make shows for as little money as possible? If it's doing great, is moot. We want to make... We're not trying to... You know, because it's also, too, if you go into it real deep, it's not even about who watches the show. It's really just about how many subscribers they have to the platform. Mm -hmm. So somewhere back there, they're like rolling the bones on figuring out, like some accountant and some lawyer have figured out, well, we actually don't need this one very expensive show because it didn't actually change how many subscribers we had. So we really, we just need a lot of shows for cheap and that keeps the subscribers up. I don't, you know, it's alchemy, but it's not in the favor. It, it's corporate alchemy. It's not in the favor of, of the creator whatsoever, you know? <laughs> yeah. And that, and that's uh, again, I, I see the consumer accepts it more and more because of the content. Like I said, the quality over quantity and that hurts so much, man. Um, revisiting, and I, I was just talking the other day, I go, if someone wants to go revisit all the films of 1995 randomly and then watch all the hits from last year, whatever, off some streaming platform, and you will see an insane disparity in original content, uh, the actor's work, the writer's work, the director's work, you know, and we just off the top of my head, 95, what do we have? We had Braveheart, Leaving Las Vegas, Dead Man Walking, Usual Suspect, Seven, Right. Seven, yeah. All those movies, right, are so special in the zeitgeist of a genre, you know. And then you watch the movies from last year, and it's like, wow, you know. It's and that's that's. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I if that, had that conversation with my wife. It's yeah. like, uh, I and I feel like I've become a you know some old curmudgeon mm-hmm. that's just like new movies suck. <laughs> But the reality is, dude, like eight out of ten new movies suck. And I think it's really because it's, you know, it's the artists are not really making these decisions. A corporate board is saying you get to make your movie, but then it's movie by committee. You know, we're going to get rid of this. We're going to get rid of that. We're going to get rid of it. There are exceptions to that. Um, you know, Nolan, he probably has gets to run his own show no coincidence he puts out good movies Mm -hmm. but if you're not at the very top of that pyramid if you're just a working filmmaker 
you're not getting to call the shots. You're really not. And that's one thing I learned because, you know, I tried to get into film and television for years and years and years. And really, it's not about how good your script is. It's who's paying for it. And as soon as you get into who's paying for it, then I think you've probably lost the plot on art, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And I think we're seeing a reflection of that. That and, I mean, not to get too wild with it, but also... Every movie has to be a billion dollar movie now. That's a which, thing, man. Yeah. That's kind ridiculous. of impossible. Yeah. I, I, yeah, you can't do that. That's no, like saying every every musician has to be at the top of Billboard. Like, well then you're not gonna have any musicians then. And, and I don't know if the public knows that, but you'll look at some movie that feels like it's, you know, you know, ten million dollars and they spent a hundred on it right and you're like and then it made 30 and it was like box office bomb like where did all that money why are everything like that's what you just said it like so it's always a big risk or no risk um and yeah it's the game has changed and it's just because i was talking to a friend about the the strike and how i feel like um you know i always i'm cheering for everybody in the in the in the sag and and the and the wga but the point is is that i feel like like you just said, these are corporate conglomerates. They're not standalone studios anymore, right? They're owned by like AT&T and all this stuff. It's like a different beast. And get this. If if you want to go real far down the rabbit hole, some of these companies aren't even profitable. No. Right? Like, you know, Spotify, for example, specific to music, they lose hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Yet somehow we've all decided, yeah, we'll let Spotify run the show. Wait, what? This is a business that doesn't make money, and we're letting them call the shots. We, you know, what are we doing here? And I don't think I don't know the exact breakdown on Netflix exactly, but I think they've had many recent years, or maybe they currently are not profitable. So think about that. Like you have people running a business where they're operating at a loss, but yet somehow we've decided they're the pinnacle of the industry. If you go back twenty years. And look at like Fox Searchlight or, or Focus, a lot of these small studios and production companies, um, you know, Bruckheimer and um, Scott Free, which was Scott Rudin, he ended up getting canceled. But, um, you know, point being, these guys couldn't lose $100 million and then everyone pat them on the back and say, great, what's coming up next year? That, that be it. You're gone. You're done. <laughs> fantastic point because you're right being in the green was a talent and now i feel like yes. you can cook the books in every way in every industry be in the red all the time and i don't get and, and i don't get to do that as a band no i, I, I that's what i'm saying working class people can't do i'll just say anybody in the working class we cannot be cooking books right, <laughs> like, right. you cannot write go to the label and be like Hey, you guys lost a hundred million on us, but but next year they're like, yeah, let's give them one hundred and fifty. It just it's not reality. So how we let these people run the show is it's kind of baffling. I feel like at some point, companies that don't make money are are not going to be able to survive, right? Aren't we kind of going on fairy dust right now? That's why I feel. That's why I feel everything's conglomerated. I, I really do. I feel like all these standalone. Mega businesses, billion dollar businesses like studios, um, are now getting picked up by billion dollar, you know, AT and T or whatever, uh, and all that stuff. I feel like, and whatever else is owned in there, there's like AOL. There's a bunch of stuff. I feel like that's exactly what it's doing is just combining these things instead of being like, hey, we need this to be a hit. It's like a guess, but that is, I hate to say, it's a 
could be a good thing, but I feel like it could be because, again, it brings us back to the grassroots. But who has to save us? Always us, the consumers. We have to save us, right? Sure. And right. It's uh. And it, it's and all- dude, you know if if Amazon tanks, you know it's going to be some taxpayer bailout, right? <laughs> yeah. Because well, they're going to be like, look at all the jobs we provide. We can't. The company can't go under. You'll have eighty thousand people out of work. You know, just like. Right, Ford or Chevy back in 08 or whatever it was. Yep, yeah. So it's it's a weird dichotomy that that we live in, especially as artists, where your job is to kind of observe and report, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. You you start to notice some things that really make you scratch your head and go, huh? why why is it like that? <laughs> yeah, and it also to me it also it, it's like we 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 have those key words that we grew up with: the honor, integrity. Um, you know, genuine to, 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 to have those words lose their meaning, um, for the future, for families, for people, for working class, for all that stuff. Um, because, you know, we all have to get by and we have to work under one of these umbrellas. I think that's an inevitable thing for most of our lives, right? We have to work under one of these umbrellas that we can easily be like, man, we're in the red, but I still have a job. Um, and it's, uh, (laughs) And, and that's another thing. It's a very scary thing. Is like, I, it's so hard for me to look at any business and be like, "Hey, you're safe. You're you're security there for thirty years, man." You know, it feels like we all have to start over every ten years. A lot of us feel that way, right? Or five years even. Um, and that's also very scary. But uh, I, it's not. I don't know. When I go going back to the film industry, I do feel if the consumer demands, it can change. Same with music, man. There's an honor system, right? That's like, guess what I'm saying. There's an honor code to being a fan. Mm. to loving art to supporting things there's an honor code it's like you don't have to because you can find it however ways but you have the honor code is what's going to bring the next generation up to understand the worth you know um there's an honor code on like on this side but mm. there is no honor code on the industry side i know it's by hook or by crook um which that's what scares me is because it's there are no rules in the music industry none there's no unions, no collective bargaining. There's no regulations, nothing. It's a complete free for all. All you need is an email address and you're in. Uh, and that's that's a, kind of it's frightening. It's, got, it's brought a lot of unethical people to the business and that get pats on the back for it. Yeah, they can get away with it because the results or whatever Excel spreadsheet right. you're looking at. Yeah, I completely get that. Um, uh, and that's something that I do I always thought about. Now, it seems like a very tough thing, but unionizing musicians or not to get off topic, but even like an industry like like adult films run by pimps. We all know that. OK, but unionizing that so they're protected as well or anything similar to actors and all that stuff. Like what are the challenges to try to do that for all the bands, you know, uh, to get together and kind of have some power back? Is that is it just too far gone now because streaming's the way it goes or is there still a possibility for something like that? Um, I mean the kind of the, the realist or the fatalist in me says that it's, it's probably too far gone. Um, you know, and you can see examples of like, I think the Starbucks workers were trying to unionize and, and maybe they did get some here or there, but the problem with music or or, you know, the exception with music is, uh, is you have egos and, you know, maybe when you're working at Amazon, it's like, well, we're all just filling packages. Like how special can we be? Let's just get paid more. 
Whereas if you're looking at music, there's always going to be bands out there that, regardless of any number you might show them or, or any sense you might try to speak to them, they're going to have this complex about how the superior complex, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure we've all run into bands here and there where you're just like, wow, you really, you got to think you're God's gift to music and you're playing first, but okay. <laughs> you know, that's good. Believe in the dream. Um, and I think that might be what hangs you up that and, you know, managers, agents and labels, they, they really make it dog eat dog. You know, it's a zero-sum game. If one band's ex- succeeding, you know, you can't succeed. If, if one band got the, you know, the big support slot, it means all these other bands didn't. And and also, it would have to be from the top down, yep. which is probably your biggest challenge. So, you know, bands our size all saying, you know, we're not going to play a lot Nation venue anymore until you get rid of ticket fees and merch cuts. They're going to say, good fucking riddance. You guys don't move the needle. Great. A couple shitty metal bands aren't going to play a club on a Wednesday night. So it doesn't change uh, investor confidence. They don't care. I see. But if you had Taylor Swift, Jay-Z, Beyonce, you know, Metallica, Slipknot, if you had them say, uh, we're not going to play any of these venues until you get rid of this, then they would listen. But the challenge is there. Then what you're in a situation where you have people who are very wealthy and their career is, is you know, the machine is running their career at that point. They would have to stop that machine and stop that money and look out for the little guy. And, again, that, that realist in me, I just don't see that happening. I cannot picture that. Think about the managers that would be like, guys, think about this. You can't do this, you know. <laughs> it just – it wouldn't happen. I just can't see it. I can sell it to them right now. All those people you employ, they're not going to have jobs. All that when you tour, like I can, I can sell it to them right now. Right. It's, you're right. Like you got to think about all those people that are loyal to you. And ah, you know, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. For no. a couple of shitty openers, come on. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it just, I can't, I can't see it. Um, you know, the the big guys would have to start yeah. getting screwed. And that's the thing is, you know, these big corporations, they're very smart. They give the full slice of cake to the big guys. Mm-hmm. And then they give some crumbs to the little guys. And that full slice of cake is just too good to say, you know what? We need to look out for these other bands. And I just, I do not see it happening. I just don't. Complete, no, it made total sense. And I agree with you. It's just, uh, oh, I have that wishful thinking in me to, to see. Cause I, you know, I hate reading about these enlarged merch cuts that are happening, all these things and just being like, nobody's out there to protect, um, you know, the bands and the fans, because like I said, I always see us as one, um, and, and just get it, you know, get us a kind of a victory. It just seems like it's when times, when, when the big corporations are in the red and they're cooking the books, they take more from those that, uh, you know, or, or at the bottom, they don't take from at the top or the middle. They're like, let's just scrape these people out. And it's, uh, it's cause they know they, they yeah. know they, they can't do anything about it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's like, it's like taking lunch money as a high schooler from a, a middle schooler. Yep. You nailed it. You know, that guy can't do shit about it. So yeah, you know, rob them all day long. Who cares what's going to happen, mm. but you're not going to go rob the quarterback because then something might happen. It's the same thing. Like they're not—they're not, they're not going to put the squeeze on Metallica or Slipknot. 
because then they know, oh, uh-oh, they might push back. So we can squeeze all these mid-level bands, and they're not going to do shit. And guess what? They're going to come back next month and play again under even worse conditions, and they're not going to say shit then either. So... <sighs> I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> My question was not yeah. fair. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's like, I know you guys have talked about it. You guys know about it. I'm just like, I was like, there's a way there's, but no, dude, I, I, uh, again, it's one of those things where it's just wishful thinking that I'm hoping for. But the, the reason we're talking, I know our time's running out right now. So I just got to promote man. Cause there's a shit ton of stuff you guys are up to. First off, North American fans. I didn't mention it. October 11th to November 11th. We're going to get you guys here live. Make sure you're picking up tickets guys. Like we just said, there's an honor code, budget for some merch. Make sure you're supporting all those bands. It's a great package you guys are on out here in North America. Really excited about that. And, of course, the latest record we're talking about, guys, out October 6th, Necromantium. It's going to be awesome. Pre-order it. Guys, make sure you are. Physical copies, it's what it's all about. The vinyl is going to look awesome. If you haven't seen the artwork, go check it out. Great use of colors. Fantastic record. So with that, Scott. Always a fan. Always a pleasure to talk to you, my friend. Thank you so much for calling into the Metal Sucks podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. It's probably the best interview of the day. I had the most fun anyway. Excellent, talking dude. Shit, yeah. <laughs> shit on our corporate overlord. <laughs> hey, man, I, I flow with the conversation. I'm like, nah, nah. If, if, if you're engaged and I'm engaged, it's that's what people want to hear. That's what I always say. That's what they want to hear. Because yeah. the music right after this, we got two songs. And that's what they also really right. want to hear. So. Enjoy them. Enjoy All right, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Later. Take care. See you. Yeah. <laughs>
the Metal Sucks Podcast.
the Metal Sucks Podcast. Guys, first two songs you heard are off Necromantium. Let's go. First song, title track. Second song, Death's Forgotten Children, featuring Tom Barber of Chelsea Grin. Guys, the record's a fucking beast. I mean, there's a track on this record called Crowned in Everblack, guys. That is just a fucking beast of a tribute. You guys got to check it out. I didn't ask about it in the interview. I didn't want to get go down the 
the sadness but man i remember when i first heard that song you guys it's 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 an important song and a great tune and i don't know if uh scott's talked in other interviews about what that song's about but i think us metal fans know i think we know um so beautiful tribute beautiful record guys necromantium is out right now make sure you guys are picking it up third song you heard is the latest from nervosa their new album jailbreak is coming out september 29th guys it's it's a beast i'm a big fan of it you guys got to be checking out if you like that song that is the title track jailbreak um make sure you're pre-ordering nervosa's latest so with that i want to thank you all five star reviews on the good old apple itunes that is all we ask for as a podcast team thank you thank you thank you you guys are the best. That's it. We don't need comments. We don't need reviews. Five-star review on the Apple iTunes, and we're happy. And, of course, guys, the uh, support on our other podcast, Rise to a Fan Arca- Archive episodes. We've got about 103 out there. Um, yeah, documentary discussion podcast, completely different. We love it. We hope you guys are into checking those out. We've done metal figures. We've done political figures. We've done a lot of stuff. And, and what you find out when you take an offensive figure most of the time is that you see both sides. Every single time, you're like, oh, yeah, I saw what G.G. Allen was going for here. I saw what G.G. Allen wasn't going for here. Wow, he's a piece of shit here. Wow, you know, there's some abuse here that might have made him a piece of shit. It's very interesting to break down characters like Wendy O. Williams, G.G. Allen, Peter Steele, Phil Anselmo. Um, Rise to Offense, the name of that podcast. If you guys are interested, go check it out. Um, and with that, guys, well, until next week, you guys are the best. We love you all. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off.